You're listening to the voice of dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is the first of two parts of What Was Your First Spell? by Dirt Coyote, who, when he's not causing all sorts of trouble on Twitter, is writing a novel, a series, and short furry fiction. His story featured on the voice of dog, I'm Just Your Stud, was nominated for Coyote's Best Story of 2021. Find him at Dirt Coyote on Twitter for future updates. Please enjoy What Was Your First Spell? by Dirt Coyote, part one of two. Ernesto's eyes lit as the question danced around the grey in his large vulpine ears. A wry grin pulled his muzzle back and lifted his whiskers high. The coyote cub standing across his desk wrapped an arm around his chest. He rubbed at his elbow, sheepishly, looking about ready to walk back out of the library. "'You want to know what my first spell was?' the fox repeated back to the cub, standing from his seat and pointing toward a chair for the coyote boy to sit in. "'Why, I haven't been asked that in maybe half a century.' Keeping his muzzle downward, the cub's eyes danced between the seat and his toes. Ernesto laughed and looped his way around the desk, his long purple robes swooshing over the carpet. With a squeak, the boy was ushered into the chair and planted firmly on top. All right, my precious Matteo, I'll answer you anything you ask, but we have to make a deal on it, Ernesto said, planting his rump on his own desk. I want to see it. Turn out your pockets. The coyote's ears perked. A shade of pink flushed over his muzzle and inside of his ears. Rubbing his paws together stalled him a second, but a snap of the fox's fingers got his attention. Matteo fiddled around his pockets for a second before holding out his paw. Inside sat a shiny, oblong-shaped pebble's worth of metal. "'My goodness!' the elderly fox gasped. His maw hung open as he leaned in for a closer look. "'May I examine it?' Matteo pulled back, startling Ernesto with how quickly the cub retreated his arms into his chest. Not wanting to frighten the boy, Ernesto cautiously reached down to the young cub's head and stroked him from the base of his ear down to his nape. Trailing his fingers around his neck softly, he cupped underneath the boy's chin and lifted his muzzle so their eyes could meet. As gentle as clouds and sweet as honey, Ernesto whispered, You don't have to be afraid. I promise, as your librarian, your mentor, and your friend, I will not keep it. Small mumbles escaped the skittish canine, but he relaxed enough to let out a sigh. Pulling the pebble from his chest protectively, Matteo showed it to the fox again. Not making a move until he was sure the boy was relaxed, Ernesto carefully reached inside of the coyote's palm and picked up the nugget. Instantly, he felt the familiar buzz of magical energy tingling at his fingertips. "'It's huge! No wonder you're the talk of the town!' he exclaimed, rolling it against his pads. The fox brought the metal to his nose and sniffed a couple times, examined it just inches from his spectacles before continuing. It's so pure, almost entirely iron. I don't think a fifth-year student could accomplish this. Are you sure you did this? You didn't just find it on the ground? At the question, he turned his attention back to Matteo. He seemed nervous, clamming up once more. Ernesto dropped to a knee, almost immediately regretting the decision. His joints ached and a pinch in his back caused a groan to escape his lips. But he needed the truth. 
The boy turned his gaze away, not daring to meet the librarian's stare. There were spells to take what he wanted from the coyote's mind, but Ernesto didn't need those. Mijo, if you're telling fibs, I want you to be honest, Ernesto gently requested. He grabbed the coyote's wrist, returning the nugget before clasping both his paws together. It's okay if you made this up for attention. No one will be mad, especially not me. There are no lies between us. Mateo's lips pursed tightly, his ears folding back against his head. Eyebrows furrowed, he turned to face Ernesto, nose almost touching nose. The coyote took a small gasp, and just before a word could leave his mouth, the fox quickly placed his finger to the boy's muzzle. No, no, no. <laughs> don't say anything you don't mean. That look tells me everything. I believe you. Getting to his feet required him to hoist himself using both of the armrests, and a little assistance from the coyote in front of him. Ernesto brushed off his robes and rubbed a sore spot just above the base of his tail. He certainly couldn't do that again today, if ever, for the rest of his life. Not wanting to feel as old as he was, the fox put some life into his steps and moved about the room. Metallurgy, Ernesto said, as he grabbed books from off the shelf and stacked them into his paws. It's a branch of augmentation and geomancy, combining both the manipulation of physical alteration and the elemental components of earth magic, allowing you to bend nature to your will. Very impressive stuff. Speaking only fueled the fox more as he began tossing books into the air. The pages fluttered loudly, sailing towards Matteo, but none touched the floor. Instead, they flapped about, soaring through the air before stopping right in front of the coyote's muzzle. Books flipped open to the different sections, light highlighting pictographs and keywords, while the librarian rambled on. We're going to have to speed through some basic knowledge of metal types to pick up where you started. If earth magic is where your strength is, then it probably wouldn't hurt to familiarize yourself with other nature elements. Or maybe we should start off with augmentation. Have you ever noticed any changes of the spatial properties of objects you've held? Heck, if we're going to do that, then we might as well... Just as Ernesto was pulling out scales, beakers, and an abacus, he caught a gentle cough. His whole body swung around, unable to see the coyote surrounded underneath a half-dozen floating texts. The fox waved his paws and they parted enough to reveal Mateo, clearing his throat with his arms folded and a stern look in his eyes. "'What? What's that look for?' Ernesto questioned, pausing a second before slapping himself on the forehead. "'Oh, right! My apologies. We had a bargain, didn't we?' With the snap of his fingers, all the books loudly slapped shut and threw themselves neatly onto the desk. The measuring equipment in his paws flew soundlessly to join them at their side. Ernesto motioned to his chair, beckoning it forward until it phased right through the desk and sat directly in front of the coyote. "'What was my first spell? That's what you want to know?' he asked, plopping down in his seat." Ernesto scratched his chin in thoughtfulness over what he remembered and what he wanted to say. The coyote was silent as he watched, but was unable to contain his tail thwacking against the side of his chair impatiently. Yes, yes, I just... it's been a long time, and I want to make sure I'm telling it to you right. You see, unlike your family and most families in this village, I came from magic. My dad, my mom, their parents, their parents' parents, and so on had been born with magic coursing through their veins. 
That being so, me and my seven brothers and sisters were expected to show magical aptitude at an early age. Well, ha, expected, but it's always unpredictable it might be or when it might happen. At that, Ernesto pulled back his left sleeve to reveal a bald spot just past his elbow. Sister. Bolt of lightning erupted from her paws while we chased each other. Fur never grew back, but it was nowhere near as destructive as my first. You see, most cubs, it comes out in a little controllable fire, or a gust of wind, or a splash of water, or something mundane. My parents had wards enveloping all of the house to make sure we couldn't cause too much damage with our fists. Ernesto paused with a small chuckle before adding, And fortunately, just like you, I was not like most cops. Ernesto raised his palms and cupped them at his lips, whispering inside before leaning forward with his fingers interlaced. It was a hot, sticky summer night. I was six, sitting on my roof. I'd thought to just shave off all my fur and then stand in the heat for another second. It was inescapable even outside, and I wanted so hard, so very hard, to feel cool once again. I saw a shooting star, and... Ernesto slowly opened his paws, and Matteo held his breath. Leaning in, the boy could make out a tiny blue worm resting in the fox's paw. He cocked his head curiously as the larva wriggled back and forth, before two wings and two legs ripped out of its body. A jagged-edged beak formed at its mouth, while a sharp, piercing point erupted from its base. When it finished its transformation, it turned, opened up its nasty maw, and lunged for him, only to hit an invisible barrier. The thud was still enough to make Matteo jump, but Ernesto just laughed and shook his head. She is terrifying, no? Just a little upset I woke her up. They always are, the fox said reaching a paw inside the bubble and stroking the two-inch-long frost wyvern's back soothingly. As I was saying, I'd accidentally pulled magic from the meteor. Imagine summoning a dozen full-grown of these things without knowing encapsulation or suspension spells. They descended on the house, taking everything but our lives. Thankfully, the wyverns couldn't survive the heat for long, and everything we lost could be replaced. The wyvern inside of Ernesto's paw leaned into the strokes, letting out coos of delight at the touch. Matteo was still in his chair, his eyes unable to leave the creature. In the cub's fear, Ernesto saw something familiar and important. Not wanting him to be afraid of his own magic, he grabbed hold of the coyote's paw and pulled it towards his cupped palm. He resisted at first, and the wyvern sensed the fear. Both retreated, but Ernesto was determined. It's all right. Like I said, she's just a little grumpy, and you're just a little scared. This is happening all at once. With that, Ernesto twisted the coyote cub's paw until his palm was facing upward. Don't be afraid, mijo, he said, bringing the boy's gaze to his own. Your magic is a beautiful gift. With that, the fox carefully placed the little summon inside of the boy's paw. He watched Matteo's fur shiver in bristles at the wyvern's radiating cold. She didn't look too excited to be there either, equally nervous of the boy hundreds of times its size. Ernesto held his breath, pulling his paws back so that the wyvern and coyote could become familiar with one another. Without either knowing, he held a banishment spell at his claw tip. He wasn't quite as fast as he was in his youth, though. If the wyvern wanted to hurt Matteo, there'd be little time to stop it. 
the fox readied himself for the worst, still pleading with his eyes. Thankfully, the coyote seemed to understand what Ernesto wanted him to do. Relaxing his shoulders, he reached his own paw forward and gave the wyvern one single stroke down the back of its spine. She eased and leaned into Mateo's paw to accept the attention. The librarian let out a long sigh of relief, smiling with the cub as he gave his summon gentle pets. Mm, "'I think I've got a better idea,' Ernesto started, standing from the chair and pointing at the books and equipment on the table. In a flash, they all leapt upward and zipped into the air right back to where the fox had pulled them. He walked to a shelf, pulling out a single book before returning to his seat. Studies of the metaphysical, the ultra-planed, and the natural and unnatural properties of majestic phenomena. I slept with this very volume every night before my first spell, Ernesto said, trying to work up a laugh just as his throat seized up. He turned his attention to the copy for a long while, lost in his memories. Tears welled up along the sides of the fox's eyes, but he didn't let Matteo see them. Carefully, he looked to the cub and placed the book inside of Matteo's lap before continuing. It's yours now. Read chapters one through three and then come back to see me. Take your time. Your family comes first, always. The coyote nodded his head up and down, a new sense of vigor coming to life right before Ernesto. Before Matteo could protest, the librarian touched the wyvern with the tip of his claw and she burst into snowflakes. The coyote looked to fret, but he softened the boy with a pet on his head. Don't worry, I'll teach you how to bring her back soon enough. She won't even know you were gone. The coyote nodded in understanding, and without any warning, he shot to his feet and dove his muzzle right between the opening of the fox's robe. Ernesto felt himself turn hot, feeling embarrassed to receive the tightest hug he'd ever been given. Admittedly, even he couldn't deny how excited he was himself, and wrapped his arms around the boy's shoulders. Between Matteo's ears, Ernesto whispered, This will be the start of a wonderful relationship. Asif furrowed his brow at the coyote sniffling in front of him. The neck of the boy's shirt was stretched to the point of ruin, and there was a bloodstain beneath his nostril. His lip was swollen, and an ugly black ring was forming underneath the white fur around his eye. With a wave of his staff, though, the jaguar dismissed the boy. Get out of here and do not speak to me again, Asif spat. The coyote shriveled at that, but otherwise stood his ground on the porch of the guard's station. He'd seen him before, Matteo, always getting picked on to and from the library. A cackle missile seemed to be the leader of the group that harassed him. Despite the other boy being half a foot shorter than Matteo, the coyote allowed himself to be taunted and pushed around rather than stand up for himself. I said go, the jaguar almost yelled waving his staff again to scare him off the porch. "'Your problems are your own. It's my job to stop wandering elementals, psychotic necromancers, and the occasional wild boar, not little pups from little pups.' Asif made a growl and looked to lunge at the coyote, but he didn't flinch the way he wanted. Instead, Matteo made a soft cry, wobbled backwards until his back hit a post, and shrunk down until his muzzle was tucked between his knees. It was enough to make the jaguar roll his eyes and make a gagging sound. Part of him wanted to just let little Matteo sob it out like a sissy. His shift was ending soon and he wouldn't have to stick around to humour this much longer. But he was finding it harder and harder to ignore his suffering. 
It stirred something from his past and itched at his insides. Stepping over to the cub, he grabbed hold of the boy's arm and yanked him up to his feet. Look at you. You're pathetic. Crying here, wondering why you're always getting picked on. Then you come to me, asking what my first spell was. Eh, eh, something easy to hurt those kids the way they hurt you. You think I would allow that? Do you think that will save you? Asif straddled the coyote several times until he stopped crying. These spoiled brats have it so easy you have to make problems for each other. I was growing up, there was no town guard. All of them had been killed by slave traders. Kids didn't pick on kids because they weren't able to be young and stupid. That's a luxury only you have. Before the jaguar finished, he forced Mateo into his gaze. You want to know what my first spell was? Mateo tried averting his eyes, but Asif brought his muzzle towards his own. He wanted to be sure that this lesson stuck. With his claw raised just shy of the coyote's nose, he ignited the small ball of fire. The heat was enough to be felt by both of them, but not quite searing. I was your age when I was introduced to the flame. When the slavers came to my village, they simply kicked open doors and took what they wanted. They grabbed my mother and dragged her out by the tail. In her screams, I felt anger so hot that it shot out my paws and eviscerated my enemies. Their shrieks of agony are as fresh in my mind right now as they were that day. As he finished, he snuffed out the spell. Asif pulled his entire head back, revealing the scars the metal collar left around his neck. Flame couldn't save me. No, it only assured my fate. They took me and they beat me and used my magic for their horrible deeds. The jaguar closed his eyes and took a deep breath. Though Matteo was no longer sobbing, he could still hear it in his head. He could hear the sobs of a tiny jaguar boy who just wanted to go home and see his mama again. Asif opened his eyes and looked deep into the coyotes for anything malicious. All he could see was the frightened cub he used to be. Stand up straight, Asif ordered, as he did so himself. The boy looked confused, and so the jaguar yanked him up hard and adjusted him until he was standing the way he wanted. The flame couldn't save me because I had to save me. You're going to have to save yourself, and you're going to do it without magic. Holding his fists up, he showed the coyote a proper defensive stance. Asif watched him slowly try to position himself similarly. Annoyed, the jaguar slapped the boy hard on the chest and glared down at him. You think they're going to wait for you? Situate yourself quickly and hold your fist high, he growled, and Matteo did so almost immediately. Good, now I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself, but you must do something for me in return, Asif said, swinging into the air. That cackle missile, the boy that's always picking on you. He's got a loose fang on his right side that makes this irritating whistle whenever he speaks. The jaguar made a quick, fast jab forward. When he saw Matteo replicate his motion flawlessly, Asif smiled wide and said, you are going to knock it out of his fuzzy little head. Jax needed to put his paw on his muzzle to stifle his giggling. Even so, the cheetah couldn't help from rocking back and forth cross-legged on his bed. Directly across from him was the coyote, his doormate and best friend, sitting with his usual sly grin. With their other two roommates gone, one in the infirmary for the flu and the other sent back home to see family, the cheetah knew that tonight would be the night. Mateo, you always ask such silly questions. You're such a goof. I can't help but laugh, Jax chuckled, inching a little closer. 
Both had arrived at Goldpine's Academy of Gifted Boys at the same time, and had been almost inseparable for the past two years. Jax felt lucky they'd gotten along so well. Of course, everyone had gotten along with the coyote. Even the boys that he stood up to had some admiration for Mateo. However, Jax knew what he shared with him was different than anything anyone else had. Jack scooted closer, his paw sitting on the sheet next to the coyote's knee. "'You've seen it before, uh, my first spell, that is,' he whispered. His claw tips traced circles into the fabric, and he wanted badly to rest his paw against Mateo's. He couldn't work up the courage yet. His heart beat hard like a drum in his chest. Sandy scents filled his nostrils as he took in Mateo. He loved the way that the coyote smelled. It was so foreign and exotic to him, like a spice that tickled all of his senses. As he leaned in toward him, though, they both caught a creak from the hallway outside the room. They could make out the light from a lantern, illuminating the wooden boards underneath the door gap. Jax gasped, knowing they might be caught by one of the hall's supervisors. Before he could do a single thing, though, the coyote was already on it. Lightning fast, Matteo flung both his arms out in opposite directions. With his left paw, he dimmed the candles sitting near the windowsill. With his right, he'd cast something at the base of the door. It took a second to fully actualize, but soon the sounds of two cubs snoring repeated into the air. Under a soft blue veil of moonlight, he could see the coyote gritting teeth, maintaining both spells at once. Jax was no dunce by any means, but his maw hung open like a gutted fish, watching him work his talents. No way in heaven or hell could the cheetah cast and maintain two spells from completely different schools of magic in a moment's warning. It was no wonder Matteo was top of the class. Seconds stretched out long, and Jax felt like he might pass out, both from the anxiety of it all and the fact he'd been holding his breath. Thankfully, the figure was fooled by the coyote's illusions and continued down the hall. He released the two spells with a sigh of relief. The candle's flames gradually brightened until both boys' nervous smiles were illuminated once more by the light. Before Jax could say anything, though, Matteo waved his paw in a circle for him to continue. "'You really want to know, don't you?' Jax asked curiously, an eyebrow arched. "'Well, you remember when we first met? You were crying out front of the school's gates.' At that, Matteo pulled backward, his muzzle scrunching up like a raisin. His ears folded back, and he looked about to protest, but Jack shook his head quickly. Shut! I'm not teasing you. I can understand why you were sad, he said, reaching up to stroke the coyote's muzzle. Matteo turned his gaze away, not looking at Jack's. The cheetah took a breath in through his nose before releasing it slowly and continuing in a whisper. Your maestro, the fox, Ernesto. You speak so kindly of him, and I envy him what you had. He seemed like a great man and a wonderful teacher. I really wish I could have met him. Jax finished speaking with a hug. He could feel Matteo nodding his head up and down, trying his best to hold back the tears. Jax understood, knowing full well that if he lost his teacher and then was sent halfway across the world, he'd probably cry a little too. Releasing the hug, Jax smiled and held on to Matteo. I don't remember my first spell very well, but I'd been told the story enough times to repeat it. I was just a toddler when my grandma passed. She was around the same age as your mentor. My family was in mourning, but none quite as devastated as my sister. She couldn't leave the bed and would just cry in her room alone. No one knew what to say or do to help her. I could barely understand what was going on, but they said I couldn't see her. They said it would just make me upset, but I missed her too much to keep away. 
On the fifth day, I walked into her room to see her curled up in her sheets. She didn't say anything to me, barely even acknowledged my existence. But I remember walking up beside her and held out my paw. With that, he let go of Mateo's paw and held his own to his chest. The cheetah closed his eyes, breathing in as he recited an incantation from his heart. Green bulbs the size of marbles glittered around his fingers until a stem grew from his grasp. From nothing, an orange poppy blossomed into life. I pulled a flower from inside myself and held it out for her. When she took it, she stopped crying and swore that it was our grandma's last gift. It was her way of saying goodbye through me, he said, as he brought the flower to his nose. Taking a soft breath to assure that the spell was perfect, Jax held the poppy out for the coyote to take. He twirled the flower between his fingertips, dancing the petals to life. That day, when you were sad on the ground, I gave you the same flower. You took it, and I knew we would always be friends. Jax held his breath, tail lashing behind him as he waited for the coyote to take it. Matteo didn't. Instead, the coyote clasped paws with the other boy. With no more words to exchange, he leaned in and planted his lips right on the cheetah's. Their muzzles locked together, and as they fell into the bed, Matteo raised his paw and used his magic to snuff out the candles one final time. This was the first of two parts of What Was Your First Spell? by Dirt Coyote. Read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Tune in next time to find out where Matteo ends up next and what other lessons he can learn from other people's first spell. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog. <laughs>